Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening, as always. It's a pleasure to be back before you another week. I'm excited about just everything that God's been doing throughout this podcast and just the profound word that God has been downloading to my spirit to share with you guys as he's been teaching me and transforming me and just, you know, changing things around in my life. And I just, I'm excited and I'm just grateful that God chose to use me for such a time as this to bring forth encouragement and enlightenment to you guys on a weekly basis, on a weekly basis. And we're growing together. We are in perfectly perfect people together and we are being perfected through Christ every single day. Every time that we come before him and say, God, transform me, God, change me, God, I need you. God is doing just that. So I'm excited about um, continuing our conversation on um, words of affirmation. We're, we're doing a series, uh, God's Love Languages series, and we are on the words of affirmation portion um, of the series. Um, there are five, we're going to get into that in a second. There are five love languages, and um, it is, um, sorry, it is words of affirmation, it is touch, it is quality time, it is also uh, acts of service. Um, and so just knowing those things is really important and we're going to get into that momentarily, but before we do so, let's, um, um, invite the Holy Spirit in and just say a word of prayer. So dear any father, God, we just thank you God for this day. God, we thank you God for your love, your strength, your power, your might. God, we thank you father for just being here, being in the midst right now. God, I thank you God that Nothing, God, will stand in your way, God, for your perfect will from being done. God, I honor you. I magnify you, God. Without you, Father, we, I am nothing, God, and people that are watching are nothing. So, Holy Spirit, God, have your way. Have your way. Take control. Do what you want to do. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that this word, God, will penetrate our hearts, God, and that we will... God, actually apply the lessons that are learned this evening, Father, to our lives for the betterment, God, of our walk with you. So, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and how you continue to move in our lives. We love you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome on Imperfectly Perfect Live and on Instagram. Welcome. And to those that are going to be listening on on all of our podcast channels, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more, I'm excited about just the, the elevation of this podcast and where it's going. Um, so. Without further ado, let's get into a little bit about, about what we've been talking about in this series, um, about what love is and about what love languages are. And I'm going to just be doing a backstory probably every time we come before you because we never know. I never know if somebody is new that is listening that wasn't listening before. Um, love languages. Love Languages, the five love languages were uh, written by Gary Chapman. He's the author of this book, this great book. And he um, illustrates how people um, express their love and how they want to get love. And those five, five of those uh, love languages. And they are words of affirmation, quality time, touch, acts of service, and gifts. And so we have been in the past few weeks, we have been going over some of these um, some of these love languages, but more specifically, 
Um, God wanted me to start this series because he is the author and a finisher. He is the creator of everything. So yes, Gary Chapman wrote the book. However, God is the creator. So if it was not for God, Gary Chapman would not have this profound wisdom. And so what God wanted me to share with you um, throughout this series is how God is um, how God shows his love to us and how he wants to receive back. Because again, love language is about giving and receiving how you want to receive love and how you want to give your love as well. So God wanted me to illustrate this because the problem is that we have been getting into a, a bad habit of just saying, God, give, 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 give. And so God is just giving, giving, giving. And God is saying, wait a minute. When you're in a relationship with someone, whether it's platonic or romantic, it should be give or take. And God is saying, I've been doing all the giving, but what have what have you been giving to me? What, why have I not reciproc have been reciprocated the love that I poured out to you? All the time, he's constantly pouring out his love upon us. And so without this, throughout this series, God wants me to um, touch base on these five love languages and more so um, how it's relatable to, to God and how he wants it to be reciprocated to him. So we went over quality time already. We went over touch. And now we started last week on words of affirmation. So let's get into uh, a quick review of uh, briefly what we went over last week so that we can continue on tonight. So confirmation, um, affirmation, I'm sorry. So, so tonight's topic is God's Love Languages series, words of affirmation, words of affirmation. And affirm, affirm means validate, Confirm. So when you are affirming somebody, you're giving validation. You are giving a stamp of approval, the stamp of approval. We're going to get into a scripture where I, I just looked up today and it's like, wow, God, this is right on time. Um, so validate, confirm. Another um, definition for affirm is to state positively, to state positively. So when you are uh, affirming when you are having words of affirmation, these are positive words, positive words that inspire you, that motivate you to to uh, complete the task, to go for um, go for the goal, to make sure that you move forward. So affirmations is all about positive positive thoughts, positive thoughts. And the last one that I have for you was to support someone by giving approval, recognition, or encouragement. So when God does that for us. We already said that Violet talk about validation. He gives us the stamp of approval that he approves of us, that he loves us, that we are part of his lineage, right? And so also giving us encouragement. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in at, that he constantly encourages every single day in moments when we feel like we can't go on, in moments where we like, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of this pandemic. I'm tired of the circumstances. I'm tired of feeling sick. I'm tired of just, you know, just the, the heavy weight of everyday life. And when we feel like we can't press on, Holy Spirit comes in like you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Giving us comfort, which you're going to get into that a little bit later. Giving us comfort, giving us love, giving us peace. It's giving us so many things to push us so that we won't give up, so that we won't throw in the towel. So 
last week, God just kind of just like, I thought I was going to do this like in one city and God was like, all right, I'm taking you a completely different direction. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much because guess what? We can listen to last week's podcast or watch it, right? It's on I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page and also on our Instagram page, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. So you can most definitely watch that podcast from last week. However, briefly, what we focused on last week is talking about the purpose of affirmations, the purpose of affirmations. So the purpose of affirmations is to change our mindset from being negative to positive, from being negative to positive. And Proverbs 18.21 talks about their life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we have the power to speak life or death with our tongue. And whatever we speak out of our mouth, it will come to pass. We don't, we don't realize the power that we have in our tongue. Then we say, oh, I can't do it. Well, if you keep saying I can't, if you say, keep saying I won't, then you won't. But if you speak life and if it's according to God's perfect will, it will come to pass. You have to exercise your faith by speaking positively. That's where affirmation, that is the purpose of affirmations. And then the other thing we talked about last week was this was the, the just the, the uh, just the turnaround. And God was like, "All right, let's go this way. I'm I'm driving. I'm driving a ship right here. I'm 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 the pilot. <laughs> I'm steering this plane on it." And so we talked about we also must have faith in what God said for it to come to pass, or in other words, to fruition. And some scriptures we touched on was Isaiah 55, 11, um, Mark 11, 23. And then lastly, Genesis 1, like we went over that whole chapter and God was just um, reiterating that when God created um, all creation in six days, Every single time that he created each day that he um, made brought forth creation, he spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light and there was light. And when he did that, he affirmed it. He confirmed. He validated. How did he validate it? By saying, and it is good. He said, it is good. He gave it the stamp of approval. When he created the animals, when he separated the heavens from the earth, he gave a stamp of approval and said, it is good. He affirmed it. He gave positive, he gave positive validation and said, it is good. Words of affirmation were created by God. So that, that is something, I went way more detail last week, but I need to continue. So if you didn't get a chance to watch last week's podcast, please go on our page. It is available on there. Also available on our um, podcast platforms as well. So please look out for that. So tonight we are continuing. We're going to continue with um, words for affirmation part of this series. And we're going to be talking about tonight ways, ways that God affirms us. Ways that God affirms us. We touched on it a little bit last week, but we're going to talk about ways that God affirms us. So let's go to our base scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. And I'm going to read from the message Bible right now. And it says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. 
In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Wow, y'all. Wow. And God said, he said again in verse 20, it says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. How does it get stamped with the yes of Jesus? Because God sent his only begotten son, who was Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, for the redemption of our sins. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come into the Father but by him. So we have to accept the son. We have to allow Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We have to accept him into our heart. We have to say, Lord, I believe you. I believe that you're my Lord and Savior. And I'm confessing in my mouth. And I'm accepting you as my Lord and my Savior. And when we do that, that gives, that gives us the stamp approval by God. Saying, if you accept my son, then I will accept you. Because now, now our sins are forgiven. Now we are being, we are purified with the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, this blood that he shed for us, our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. And now we can be approved, that stamp approval by God. That is how, that is the beginning of him affirming us. When we accept, when we receive salvation, that is the beginning of God's affirmations to us. So ways that God affirms us. Number one, let's talk about comfort. Through comfort, Holy Spirit is a comforter. He is the comforter. When Jesus was went um to heaven the second time and now he is seated on the right hand of the father before he left he told his disciples i am leaving the advocate i am leaving the holy spirit the one who will guide you the one who will direct you the one who will comfort you in your time of need so let's go to second corinthians 1 verse 3 and 4 and i'm going to read from the amplified version Second Corinthians 1, verse 3 through 4 in the Amplified Version, it says, Blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble so that we will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted, comforted by God. So when God comforts us, he doesn't, well, when the Holy Spirit comforts us, he doesn't just comfort us for this, for us to just receive it, right? God comforts us, allow, allows the Holy Spirit to comfort us so that we can return the comfort to other people. When we get the encouragement, when we get the comfort in time, in our time of need, God is expecting us to reciprocate that to others who need comfort. He says, it says again, it says, um, the father of mercies and the God of our comfort who comforts and encourages us in every trouble so that we will be able to comfort 
and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble. Not just picking and choosing who we want to encourage, not just picking and choosing, oh, okay, they're part of my circle, so I'm going to encourage them. Oh, they looked the part. Oh, they're in my job class or, you know, because they look good or they look a certain way that I'm going to comfort them. No, he says anyone that encourages us in trouble and it says um, to be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble any kind of trouble however the holy spirit leads us we need to be willing and available to be used for his glory are you available yes the holy spirit is going to comfort you he'll be there but will you be there when god says all right the same way i comforted you and you had and you were dealing with that same situation now that your brother or your sister are in trouble, I need you to reach out to them. I need you to send some encouraging words to them. I need you to uh, pray for them. I need you to be a listening ear to them. We cannot be God's children and be selfish. We cannot be God's children and want to keep all everything to ourselves because God blesses us to be a blessing to others. So whatever, and blessings is not just about prosperity. Blessings is not just about tangible things. Blessings is also, it's also about what we will receive. Whatever God gives us, whatever sound wisdom God gives us, he said, okay, I, I taught you the lesson. Now I want you to take those lessons that I taught you. And when it's, when it's necessary, share those sound, those words of wisdom with other people. Share it with other people. Yes, mommy, God expects us to comfort others as well. Share it with others. So next one. We're talking about, again, ways that God affirms us. Number two, strength, strength through Jesus Christ. Strength through Christ Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, we would not have supernatural strength that we need. And moments we feel like we just like, God, I just can't go on. When you had a long day at work and God is like, all right, I need you to do such, you know, this, that, and the third. And you're like, God, how? I'm tired. I've been, um, you know, and then if you have kids, you're like, the kids has been getting on my nerves. And I got to do this and that and the third. And God is like, I'll give you strength to get it done. Because he would never put more on us than we can bear. But a lot of times, and I think I had this conversation with someone the other day, a lot of times we don't have strength because we are accepting or putting ourselves in, in a, posi a position of, of being taken on assignments that God never assigned to us. We have been taking on assignments that God has not even assigned to us. So now our strength is depleted because huh, we're saying yes to things. And listen, I am so guilty of that. Taking on things that God is like, I didn't give that to you. And like, oh, well, God, I don't have the time. You said you would have the time if you would just stick to the plan. If you stick to the plan, stick to the plan that I have for you, then you will have the time. If you stick to the plan that I have for you, then you will have the time to get it done. 
my God. So Philippians 4.13. (laughs) Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's like, all right. Sometimes when God be speaking, I'll be like, woo. Did I just say that? But it's not me talking, it's him. So, hey, I'm just the messenger. So uh, Philippians 4, verse 13. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And it says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. So we are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, his strength. We are strengthened through Christ's strength. Another scripture says "My his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So where we are weak, Jesus is strong. Where we are weak, Jesus is strong. So we don't have to worry if, oh, God, well, I'm not qualified for this or God, you know, I didn't I didn't have these classes or I didn't grow up in uh, in that neighborhood type neighborhood. I don't, I'm not a privileged to, to have that type of knowledge. And God is like, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I didn't ask you were you qualified. And I did a whole series on um on a, a unqualified series. I did a whole series on being quote unquote unqualified and how it's not huh, to the world we can see up here to be unqualified, but God qualifies us. And really we are qualified because we are imperfect. Because if we were perfect, we wouldn't need God to to begin with, right? We are qualified because we are imperfect. We need God, we need Jesus strength, we need him. Because if it wasn't for a supernatural strength, then we would not be able to do anything, anything. So we have Jesus Christ strength. That's another way that he affirms us. To God be the glory. Yes, Melissa, my favorite scripture. I love it. I do love the scripture. I even love it more in the version that we just read. It just, you know, breaks it down even more. My God. Next point, again, ways that God affirms us, ways that God affirms us. Number three, help from the Holy Spirit. Help from the Holy Spirit. My God, let's go to Psalms 121. Psalms 121. Verse one through two, and I'm reading from the Amplified Amplified Version again, excuse me. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills of Jerusalem. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our help. And listen, this is the thing is that sometimes when we hear if we see, and I this is I know I mentioned it again briefly. <laughs> Mentioning this this series that Pastor Michael Ty from uh, Transformation, 
Transformation Church is on talking about the Holy Spirit and the series is called The Upgrade. And he is just shedding light on the importance of the Holy Spirit and just how we have just been dumbing down his position and his and just his position in our lives and who he is. And huh, a lot of times when we see, you know, if we see the, a God mission in here, we think that, okay, it's talking about God the Father, but God has three functions. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when it comes to help, talking about the Holy Spirit, that's not God. God is the creator. God is the Father. God is infinite in, in everything. Oh my gosh, in his splendor. When it comes to help, Holy Spirit is our help. He's our advocate. He's the one. He's our lawyer. We want to talk about advocate. He's the one that's the standing in the gap for us. Our communication with God, he, you know, he stands in the gap for us. He's the one that when we speak in our heavenly language, speaking in tongues, he's the one that's letting us know what to pray for. And when we speak in our heavenly language in the moments when we don't know what to pray for, and that is our communication. Let us know what God's in our spirit, man. Okay, pray for this. So he's our help. My God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So next point. God comforts, God affirms us, excuse me, by giving us joy, by giving us joy. My God. By giving us joy. Oh, Melissa, you said it's on my bedroom wall. That's awesome. That is so awesome, Melissa. Touched on that briefly is that your affirmations, you need to put it in a place. Put it in a place where when you see it, when you wake up in the morning, that is one of the first things that you see. So the scriptures, scriptures are definitely ways to have words of affirmation because even reading Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That is an affirmation. Why? It's positive thoughts, positive thoughts, and it's validation that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. So that is a great, I'm glad you put that over here, Melissa. Awesome. So number four, giving us joy, giving us joy. Psalms 31 7. Psalms 31 7 in the New Living Translation. And it says, I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love, for you have seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. My God. God will give us joy when we have circumstance, when we are experiencing circumstances. God will give us joy. This was David talking. He said, and David went through a lot. I mean, he he did a lot. <laughs> he did some things that, you know, caused some, um, some um, consequences in his life. Oh, thank you, sissy. Laura, thank you. He did a lot. However, there were also moments where the enemy was just after him. He was after him. And so he said, I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles and care about my, the anguish of my soul. Gave him joy in the midst of sorrow. Hope for tomorrow. 
My God, I love it. Next point. We're talking about, again, ways, ways that God affirms us, ways that God affirms us. And for those of you that are just going to make sure that this is down here at the bottom. Our topic again tonight is God's Love Languages series, Words of Affirmation, Words of Affirmation. So number five, number five, directing our path. God affirms us by giving us direction. What, I mean, what better way to give you a stamp of approval for God to lead you and tell you exactly where to go, to tell you exactly what to do next, to give you the blueprints and give you um, just everything, the directions and let you know uh, what, how to handle it. Word for word. Now it's up to us to be obedient and follow the directions. I mean, that's, up to us because God has given us what free will to be obedient to his to his directions. So let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 48. Isaiah 4817. Reading this from the New Living Translation as well. And it says, This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. My God. So it teaches us what is good for us and leads us along the paths which we should follow. My favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. That's the NIV version. Make your path straight. It's nothing like when you put your trust in God, when you, when you have faith in him and trust that where he's leading you, it, it won't lead you astray. He gives you validation. He confirms that this is my direction. This is my plans for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know, so therefore I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, save the Lord. Plans to prosper you. God knows the plans that he has for us, but we have to trust them. We have to believe and trust in the affirmations that he's giving, the words of affirmation that God pours on us consistently on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Yes, Lord, confirmation, my God. I know that's right. Confirmation, Jesus. So next point. Ways that God affirms us again is he reassures us with his presence. God reassures us with his presence. It is nothing like being in prayer. And after you have had a rough time or whatever it is, and you just go to God and say, Lord, I just want to sit in your presence. Sometimes it's not even about you really even saying much. And I feel like in this season, God has been doing that with me. And, and sometimes I can honestly say it, it's, it's training ground because 
sometimes I feel guilty when I'm, I'm in prayer and I, I'm, I want to force myself to start praying for people. And because as an intercessor, naturally, my heart goes out to people and I'm like, okay, what are the needs of the people, Lord? That is like, God, what do you want me to pray for? And in this season, God has been consistently causing me to be still, causing me to just sit in his presence and to allow him to pour his love out on me. And I'm like, it feels sometimes it feels weird because I'm like, God, I feel like I need to be saying something in this moment. I feel like, you know, there's something is so much happening in the world. I'm like, God, and I'm just sitting still and I'm not saying nothing. He's just like. I need you to be still in this season. And if anybody know me, like I'm, I'm always like, all right, what needs to be done? And I'm this and this, and I'm the person that would be talked about earlier. That's, that's accepting assignments that God never assigned to me. And then when it's time to do what he assigned me to do, now I don't have no strength. Now I'm, now I'm tired and now I'm, my strength is depleted because I'm taking on too much. Have to learn how to say no. And say it with you know, respect, say it with all the love, the love of God. But if it's not meant for you to do it, you have to learn how to say no. And this is a constant learning experience for me. You have to learn how to say no. But in moments where God just is sitting in God's presence and just knowing and even not even beyond sitting in his presence, but even, you know, on a, at your job. And just knowing that his presence is there. I read a scripture in um, one of my um, devotions the other day. And it's talked about um, God is near. In moments where I, I feel anxiety. In moments where I feel shame. In moments where I feel like a sense of depression trying to creep up on me. Reminding myself with the word of affirmation saying that God is near. Because when we say that God is near, that is that's letting us know that God is omnipresent, that he's everywhere. That in moments where we call on him, he's there. He never leave us. He never forsake us. He's always there. So we don't have to think that, that we're going through this alone because God is always there for us. Always there for us. My God. So let's go to. Exodus, Exodus, Exodus 33, verse 13 through 14. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And it says, now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, this is Moses talking to God. I have found favor in your sight. Let me know your ways so that I may know you becoming more deeply and intimately, intimately acquainted with you, recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly, and that I may find grace and favor in your sight. And consider also that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you. And I will give you rest by bringing you and the people into the promised land. So God, this is the moment where, huh, this is like when, when God revealed himself to Moses, revealed himself to Moses and revealed himself in by way of a burning bush. 
fire lighting up. It's not real fire, but fire lighting up, burning bush in God's presence, filling, consuming this bush. And Moses is at the point, he's like, God, okay, I found favor in your sight. And you're leading me. You're leading me to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And I need to know more about you. You put me on this assignment, but I need to know more about you. And God is like, my presence shall go with you. I'm going to be with you. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be with you. No need to fear. No need to fret. No need to worry about what direction you should go. Because why? I'll be there. And when it's time to make the next step, I'm going to let you know. So God reassures us with his presence in moment where the spirit of fear may try to creep up and we get a little scared because listen, growth, when it, when God is pushing you to grow, it can be scary because it causes you to get out of your comfort zone to do things that you wouldn't normally do on your own. When God leads us to do something, he's, he pushes us for a reason. Why? To, so that we can show God that we trust him. And so that he can cultivate those gifts inside of us. When we depend on him, when we depend on him, when we trust in God, he will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think. But we got to have our faith. We got to increase our faith and trust that whatever God is leading us to do, huh? He has our back. He already thought about everything. He already thought about what it was going to take, what it was going to be needed, what sources are going to be needed. Why? Because he's the ultimate source. So whatever we need, he has, he has our back. So he reassures us with his presence. God is near. Something, something that throws three words, God is near. It's so profound. My God. Number seven, he reminding, reminding us that we are chosen. God reminds us that we are chosen because sometimes we feel like we're inadequate because we don't realize that God chose us. The word of God says that many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Let me find that scripture really quickly. Many are called, but few are chosen. One moment. Yes, that's Matthew. One moment. Let me make sure I have the right scripture. Matthew 22, 14. Go there quickly. Matthew 22, 14. Amplified version, it says, for many are called, invited, summoned, but few are chosen. My God, for many are called, meaning that we are, God invites us. He summons us. A few are chosen. What does it mean to be chosen? Meaning that even though he calls like those people that know about, that have come into knowledge about who Jesus Christ is, is Lord and Savior. But they didn't accept the call. So those that accept the call, those that accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are the chosen. 
So God reminds us that we they were chosen because the enemy likes to play games. The enemy likes to play games. And because he forfeited, he forfeited his birthright. When he tried to be in a position and he tried to get beside himself and try to, um, because he wasn't, um, the word, he wasn't satisfied or he wasn't content with being that lead. He was the lead angel. I mean, he was the minister of music. Lucifer is his name. And he was not satisfied with that. He wanted the glory instead of, you know, he's like leading the angels to sing glory to God and making sure that God get all the highest glory. And he's like, I'm I'm doing all this music and I'm making all these songs and all the glory is going to God. But he wanted the glory to go to him. And God was in heaven. And so he kicked them out. Him and his minions, a third, a third of the angels got kicked out of heaven. All because Lucifer wanted to be in a position of God and God wasn't having it. And so because he forfeited his birthright and his his um, eternal damnation is already. It's already called. Right. It's a, the time is winding down for that to take place. So he's doing anything in his power. To kill, steal and destroy us. That is that is the enemy's position to kill, steal and destroy us. And so he likes to get in our head to make us think that God doesn't love us, that God, you know, to try to bring forth shame towards us, to try to bring forth the spirit of torment towards us. And so God has to remind us that we're chosen, that God chose us, that God chose us, that we are the ones, our names is written in the Lamb's book of life. We don't understand why some people are called and few are chosen. That's not meant for us to, to understand. We can't understand it in our human understanding. But we have to understand that because we are chosen, whew, we are an heir to God's throne. We are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. My God. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 1, verse 4 through 6 in the NIV version. And it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And one in the scripture is capital O, meaning that talking about huh, Jesus. Anything that is capitalized is talking about God, the one he loves. So my God, we are chosen to be holy, to be blameless, that even, even before, huh, the word of God talks about before I formed you into your mother's womb, I knew you. Before our parents even met, before we were even thought about, God knew us. He knew that we were chosen. He knew that we would answer the call. That in itself is like God affirms us. Reminds us of who we are in him. 
He reminds us who we are in him. My God. Oh, thank you, sis. And listening but driving. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So next point. Number eight. Forgiving our sins, y'all. Forgiving our sins. God affirms us. He gives us, he gave us the stamp of approval. And the reason I say forgiving ours, well, I should say forget, gave our sins because it was already done, already done. That once Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, all of our sins have been forgiven. All of our sins have been forgiven. And now because we are under, under the grace of God, because we have a covenant with Jesus Christ, now we are in a position that when we do sin, we can now repent. Repentance is about turning back from those sins, turning back from those behaviors and not returning. Being remorseful for what we did and turning back and not returning back to that behavior. So God forgave us of our sins. He affirmed us with that. He gave us a stamp of approval by a forgiveness of our sins. Ephesians 1, verse 7. Wait, did I read that? Oh, no, it's the continuation. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. My God. We have the redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. God forgave Jesus forgave, you know, God forgave us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Next point, number nine, God loves us unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. Jesus, let's go to John 3.16 in the Amplified Version. John 3.16, Amplified Version, and it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. But have eternal life, life excuse me. God loves us so much. That he would sacrifice his only son. We're going to get into that point in a second. But God loves us unconditionally. Unconditionally. That is nothing that we can that nothing that we can do that will stop God from love from loving us. That will stop God from loving us. No, he's not always pleased with our decisions and us being disobedient, and that's why we have to suffer the consequences for some things that we do. However, God's love is unconditional. Think about it. Our parents, our natural parents, right? When we do things, sometimes we do things that are out of order and our parents don't like it and they may be disappointed, but that doesn't stop them from loving us. They love us. They don't like what we did. They don't, they're not in agreement with it, but they still love us. 
That is God, our Heavenly Father. He loves us unconditionally. A love that is not like any other. A love that goes beyond, that goes beyond what humans could even comprehend. Jesus, Jesus. Last one. Number 10. He sent his only begotten son to save us. God sent his only begotten son to save us. I mean, talk about affirmation. Talk about just validating us encouraging us lord have mercy sent this only son to say listen i know that you are a wretched that you are wretched that you have are simple in nature and that although adam and eve disobeyed god didn't listen and allowed the enemy to, to to be a serpent and to cause them to forfeit their birthright but a cousin under the shin to die on a cross for your sins to shed his blood to endure bruises bruises he was bruised for our iniquities chastised for our transgressions it's just so that we can have life eternally so that when this life here on earth is over we will have life eternally my god so let's go back to John 3.16. I'm going to read 16 again, but I'm going to also read 17. So it says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world. That is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. My God might be saved through him. We are saved through Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, we would still we will still be a wretched mess. But because of God's grace, God's grace is sufficient for us. Because of God's grace, we are still here today. We are still here today. My God. So let me go over these again. Because one more uh, subtopic that I want to go over before we end. Um, ways that God affirms us. Number one, through comfort. And these are just 10 of the ones that are so many more ways that God affirms us. However, these are 10 that God left for me to cover. So one, number one, through comfort. Number two, strength through Christ Jesus. Number three, help from the Holy Spirit. Number four, he gives us joy. Number five, directing our path. Number six, he reassures us with his presence. Number seven, he reminds us that we are chosen. Number eight, he forgives, he forgave our sins. Our sins are forgiven. Number nine, loves us unconditionally. And number 10, he sent his only begotten son to save us, to save a wretched people like us. My God.
All right, guys, let's go over this last subtopic because we talked about ways that God affirms us, right? But if you've been listening to God's Love Languages series, love language is about giving and receiving. And because we, this is God's love language, these are ways, we talked about ways that God shows his words of affirmation towards us. Now, how do we do it in return? How do we do it in return? How do we affirm God? Three things that God wanted me to touch on. Because these three things are so profound. Number one, say who God is in prayer. Say who God is in prayer. We went over so many things about um, God being a comforter, about him being our strength, being our help, being given us joy, being our director, being, you know, just so many things. God is, is so powerful. And when we pray, when we pray, we need to be, oh, Rabbi, we need to be specific and we need to state who God is. In that moment, if you are seeking God for him to provide, say, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. When you're seeking him for healing, say, Lord Jesus, you are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Start speaking those things. When you are having experiencing um, anxiety, say, Lord, oh, thank you, Jesus. You are. Jehovah Shalom, you are my peace. You are my peace. Start speaking those things. Start learning. And I'm, I need to do the, my, my studies as well. Learning because my pastor Tracy, she did a message on the names of God. But to actually study those names of God so that you have studied the word of God. says studies to show that self-approved. So we need to make sure we are studying the names of God so that when it comes to times of prayer and circumstances, you will know, you will know what position of God and what name of God that you need to call out. Call it out in prayer. God wants to hear that we know that he's our provider, that we know that he's our strength, that we know that he's our rock, that he, Excuse me, that he's our refuge. He wants to know. He wants to hear those words. He wants to hear it. It's music to God's ears. When we say, God, I thank you. You're mighty. You're perfect in all of your ways. Let's go to 2 Samuel. Second Samuel 22. Verse 32 through 34. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. God wants to hear it. Yeah, he already know he is. God already know, you know, all the things that he's capable of and who he is as God. He knows all of this, but he wants to hear us say it. That's the thing about words of affirmation, even in the natural, is that those who has a, uh, um, their strong their love language, their first one is a words of affirmation. They need to hear that because even though they know that about themselves, but they need to hear those things to, to get the stamp of approval that it's not just them that thinks this, but that people actually see them the way, the way God created them to be. 
So God wants to hear this from us. So that ora basi, so that he knows and in truth that he knows from us that we know who he that who he is. And because we show that to him, now he's like, listen, what what you want? Let me know what you want. I'll give it to you. Because you acknowledge who I am. You believe in who I am. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, 2 Samuel 22, verse 32 through 34. The NIV, the version is the New International Version. It says, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. My God. I'm going to keep reading. The Holy Spirit is leading me to do so. Verse 35, he says, he trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give away, give way. My God. So stating who God is, stating what he, what he has done and what he will do for you. That is music to God's ears. When we pray, it talks about, and I believe, help me Holy Spirit. I believe it's Matthew. Talking about the Lord's Prayer. I know it's in Matthew. Leave us Matthew chapter one. One second. Matthew six, excuse me. Matthew six. Let's go there really quickly. Matthew 6, because the with the Lord's Prayer says specifically how we're supposed to pray to God. Matthew 6, verse 9. And for, um, it's going to read in the NIV version. It says, um, but let's go up to verse 8. It says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse 9 says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Acknowledging, so first and foremost, they are, we acknowledge God and who he is. Acknowledge him as Father and start saying that God, these are the things that you're going to do. So you believe in God and provide again. Lord, I thank you. God, you are my provider. Without you, Father, it won't be done. I thank you for providing for me. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I thank you for providing for me. I thank you that it's already done, God. It says, on earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Now they start being specific. Give us today our daily bread. It's talking about the word of God. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Talking about asking God for protection, helping us to keep us in a state of in a, um, um, a state of righteousness. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, 
your heavenly father will also forgive you. So make sure that you are acknowledging God and who he is and his infinite wisdom and all of his splendor and knowledge who God is in prayer. That is so important. Next point, number two. I'm talking about how do we affirm God? Number two, be specific in your request to God. This is something that God has been getting on me about. Be specific. And even the other day, something that God was like, what do you want? And I can't reveal it to you right now, but I'm talking about to you guys. That's not what he said to me. But however, he said, what do you want? Because we can ask for God for something general to God. We can ask for a house, a car. We can ask for a job. But God is like, no, be specific about what you want. Name the position that you want. Name the place that you want to work at. Name the salary that you want to save all of these things in prayer. Be specific to God. Because you say, Lord, I, I want a job. Okay, a job. And I'm listen, when I say this, please do not feel offended. When I say this, I'm just saying because we ask for a job. And there's nothing wrong with it if that's the season that you're in. You say, and guys, and you get a job in McDonald's. You're like, well, God, I didn't, I didn't want to work in McDonald's. And you're like, you asked me for a job. You got a job, right? You making money, right? But when God says be specific, he's saying, okay, where exactly do you want to be? What is your heart's desire? What is your heart's desire? What, what position do you want to work in? Where are you? Where is your um your goal? What is the prize that you're pressing towards? In Philippians, what is it? Philippians 3.13, press towards the mark of the high calling. What is the goal that you're pressing towards? Be specific in your prayer requests. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 6, in the Amplified Version. And it says, one second, we'll go to the Amplified says, do not be anxious or worried about anything, anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Your specific requests known to God, my God. In every situation, give God thanks. In every situation, give God thanks and make sure that you are being specific about your requests. Whatever is needed. God, listen, when it's in God's will, he will answer your prayer. He will answer your prayer. Hallelujah. He will answer your prayer. So last point. Thank God. We're talking about how do we affirm God. Thank God for answering your prayer in advance. In advance. It is so important that when we make our, once we make those specific, um, so we say who God is in prayer, whatever whatever it is, um, whatever uh, area you believe in God for, say who he is, what position he, he takes in that, in that moment. And then you want to be specific about your request known to God. And then after that, 
you need to thank God in advance. Thank God for in advance for him answering your prayer. Thank him in advance for answering your prayer. Let's go to Mark. Mark 11, verse 24 in the Amplified Version. It says, for this reason, I am telling you whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. So we have to believe. We have to believe. And when it's in God's will, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Thank them. Because that is that is activating our faith. And this quote, I'm going to close out with this quote that when I was doing my study time, I saw this quote by Rick Warren. Rick Warren wrote this quote, quote, excuse me. And it says, if you thank God after you've got it, that's gratitude. Well, when you thank him in advance, that's called faith. Again, it says, Rick Warren said, if you thank God after you've got it, that's gratitude. But when you thank him in advance, that's called faith. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What's the point of thinking? It's not what's the point because yes, you still want to thank God even after he's given it to you. However, to get God's attention, you got to thank him in advance because that's saying, Lord, even though it's not before me, even though this thing is not physically manifested, God, I thank you in advance because I believe that it is already done. I already believe, God, that my bills are taken care of. I already believe, God, that I'm healed in my body. I already believe, that God, that you said in your word because by Jesus' stripes, I am already healed. You said that in your word, God. So I believe it. I believe it. Claim those things as if they are already here. Because God already did the complete work. He already did the finished work. But we have to activate our faith to catch up and meet God. Going, let's go back to that um that base scripture that we did earlier in 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1, verse uh, 3 through 4. And it says, blessed, gratefully praised and adored be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of our comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble so that we will. This is not where I wanted to go. Help me, Holy Spirit. No, verse 21. Sorry. Second Corinthians uh, 1, verse 21 through 22. And I'm going to read it from the Message Bible again. All right, here we go. It says, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, that is what we preach and pray, that great amen. God's yes and our yes together. Right there, God's yes and our yes together. God's yes is already done. When he created all creation in six days, and when we read Genesis 1 last week, God's creation is already done. God's finished work is already completed already done however we when we accept jesus christ as lord and savior we are we are having we are um agreeing with god and saying yes to him he already saying yes to us but we are now saying yes to him and that's why we are chosen 
Because God said yes to us, but now we're saying yes to him and saying coming together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. God puts his yes within us, letting us know what his plans are for, for us, what his what his desires are for us. He lets us know what to desire. They don't come from the clear blue sky. No, God puts those desires in our heart. He said, and then he said, be specific about what you want, what you desire to have. And if it's in my perfect will, it will come to pass. So how, again, let's go over those three things we talked about. How do we affirm God? Number one, say who God is in prayer. Learn those names of God. Learn those names of God and say who God is in prayer and be specific. Number two, be specific in your request to God. Don't just come with the broad prayer and just say, Lord, I need healing. Healing in what? Healing in your mind, healing your body, healing your leg, healing your back. Be specific and then claim, number three, thank God for answering your prayer in advance. Thank him for answering your prayer in advance. Because that's faith. Thanking God in advance is faith. Again, Rick Warren said, thanking God after he's given it to you, that's gratitude. But when you thank God in advance, that's faith. That is faith. My God. To God be the glory. I pray that everybody was blessed and encouraged tonight to make sure that you are being appreciative of who God is and everything that God does for us by affirming us consistently. But now it's time for us to step up and start affirming God and using our words wisely. Using our words wisely and affirming God, letting God know that, Lord, I believe, Lord, I stand, Lord, I have, I'm standing here with, with fake, crazy faith to believe. Yes, the word of God says, even if we have faith, it's smaller than mustard seed. But listen, as children of God, as we are growing in him, we need to be having faith bigger than a mustard seed. Mustard seed is saying, talking about the babes in Christ. But when you are starting to grow in God and you are starting to get have more relationship with him, you need to start having crazy faith. Faith that goes beyond a little small no. He wants to see that you're going to do, do things that to the normal people, to people, I'm going to say normal because nobody's normal. Let's, let's just say that, that disclaimer. To, to people who are not saved, to them, they like, you doing what? You sowing $10,000 and what? And, and that's all you got? But if God tell you to give it, are you going to give it? It's how God tells you to make that investment. Are you going to make that investment? Are you going to allow your, your natural self, your flesh to get in the way of what God is leading you to do? Listen, God's going to tell you to do some things that goes beyond or goes, uh, goes out of your comfort zone. Trust me. But he does it to test you. He does it to see if you rely on me, if you trust me, if you believe in what I'm leading you to do. You got to level up by faith. Trust me, I'm definitely talking to myself because God is dealing with me in that area as well. Level up your faith. Believe that God's promises are yes and amen. 
whatever he said he's going to do, it shall come to pass. But you have to do your part. You have to do your part. Be encouraged, be uplifted tonight that God will do it. God will do it. Don't give up now. Trust me, you are almost there. You are almost there. To God be the glory. All right, guys, before I close, I do want to offer the gift of salvation for those of you that don't know Christ and the one, the one, the true living God, the one that Jesus, the Lord and Savior that we've been talking about throughout this podcast, the one that saved us, shed his blood for us, all the sins that we committed and will commit in the future are already forgiven with the inception of his of um, him as Lord and Savior. If you want that kind of love, if you want that type of relationship with Jesus, you have to accept him as your Lord and Savior. So I encourage you to say this prayer with me of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I realize that I am a sinner. And I realize that without you, I am a wretched person. So Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, you already died on the cross for me so that my sins can be forgiven with the blood that you have shed. So I believe in my heart. I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for me and I accept you. Jesus, I ask that you wash me, cleanse me, make me whole. And I thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into the family of God. I submit myself to you. I submit my will to you. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome to the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Your sins are forgiven. And now this is a new start. Guess what? Happy birthday. Why am I saying happy birthday? Because you are a new creature. You're a new creature. All those old things are behind you. Behold, all things are new before you. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my brother and sister who just accepted you right now. Thank you. Hallelujah. One last call for those of you that may have had a relationship with Jesus Christ at some point in your life, but you have allowed yourself to step out from the grace of God. Whatever has taken place, whatever has, has happened in your life that it's caused you to get disconnected from God, now is, your, now is the time to reconnect with him. To reconnect with God. And the only way is to accept Jesus Christ back into your life as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is married to the backslider. And Jesus is waiting with open arms. Waiting to accept you back in. He's waiting to accept you back in. But you have to put your pride aside. And say, Lord, I need you. Because the enemy has convinced you that you don't need God. But you know without a shadow of doubt that you try to do this thing on your own and you need him back into your life. So I encourage you to say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
I realized that I made a mistake. I realized, Jesus, that stepping out of your will was not the best decision. And Jesus, I realized in this moment that I need you back into my life. I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me for stepping out of your will. Come back into my life. Be my Lord and Savior once again. Wash me. Make me whole again. Renew my mind again. Jesus, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. And I surrender my will to you for real this time. And I am not turning back. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. God has forgiven you and you have a fresh start. So now I want you to forgive yourself. I encourage you to forgive yourself. Don't turn back. Move forward, allow God to give you the direction that is needed so that you can move forward and complete the and be um, complete the work that God has created you to do. And for those of you, whether you uh, accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or you rededicated your life, I encourage you to find a church home that is so important that you can get under um under a church home where it has a, a pastor, a man or woman, a woman of God who will lead you as, as your shepherd, lead you and, and show you the things of God and, and help you and um, help bring forth uh, guidance in your life and hold you accountable for your actions. And that will then God will help you uh, cultivate the gifts that's inside of you. So if you need help finding a church home, please, you can contact me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll help you find a church home. I go to the River Church. My pastors are Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Lynn Williams, who I love very much. And it is located in Yaden, Pennsylvania. If you're interested in um, attending one of our services, once doors are open, <laughs> then um, you can be free to, uh, free to do so. But if you don't live in the area or you want to attend another church because the River Church is not for everyone. However, I will be able to help you in the area or direct you in the right direction. So until then, I pray that you continue to stay um, in touch with Imperfectly Perfect Live and everything that we have going on with our podcast. If you want to stay in touch with us, you can follow us on Facebook at I am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated on Facebook. On Instagram, we are I underscore am underscore Imperfectly Perfect on Instagram. We are also available on all podcast platforms, all podcast platforms. That is Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and more. There are so many others that um, I can't remember them all. However, whichever you choose, you can uh, listen to it as well. This particular podcast will be available to you tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. All right, guys. I love you so much. Be encouraged. Be uplifted. Remember that God is a keeper. God is a way maker. And that whatever it is that you need, it is in him. Until next time on Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.